Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Dollar Collapse, your ringside seat for the global economic crisis. To get the full story, go to dollarcollapse.com. Welcome. You are listening to the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz. It's June 19th, 2017. Year is almost half over, but uh, the fun is just getting started in the cryptocurrency market. Largest cryptocurrency offering to date, <laughs> Bancor raised $150 million. $153 million. Uh, there, there ought to be a law against this stuff. I mean, as it was called here, it was a, a coin allocation event. Sounds like a public offering to me. I don't know what John Rabino thinks, but here we are, John, and happy Monday. Happy Monday, Kerry. Yeah, th this means a few things. One, one is that people are excited about cryptocurrencies and there's a market for new ones. Uh, the, the second is that, you know, th this is basically an IPO. Mm. It's an initial public offering of a publicly traded entity, but it's not being treated that way yet by regulators because I think they, they haven't yet figured out what to make of cryptocurrencies. You know, are those things commodities, which means that every trade is a taxable event, or are they money, which means they're in the gray area where they're competing with the legal tender of whatever country, you know, the, the owner of those currencies happens to be in, which is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you can be put in jail. For, for creating and using a kind of money that um, that isn't your country's money, especially if you're selling it as money to other people. Uh, so and the you know the size of that the, the Bancor um, ICO was 153 million. Like you said, that's a pretty decent sized IPO for um, for instance a small tech company. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you know we're we're into the range of real money now, which means that it's going to attract the attention of regulators and you know various other parts of the world's governments that wonder first of all whether it's a threat and whether it needs to be controlled and second of all whether it can be co-opted and taxed or otherwise drained to mm -hmm. pay for re-election campaigns and stuff um you know an another related piece of news is that uh, litecoin which is you know a, a second tier cryptocurrency in terms of size um next to uh, to Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, it hit $2 billion market cap yesterday or, or on Friday. And that's a fairly big deal. You know, that's that's still a pretty good size number in the world of cryptocurrencies and illustrates yeah. how broad this market is. Lots of people are interested in cryptocurrencies and they're willing to go beyond Bitcoin if there's some advantage in a, a new one that comes out. And so what's happening now is that cryptocurrencies with different characteristics are being brought out that might be better for 
for some specific use. So the market is is really fragmenting as techies who understand the, the ins and outs of these things decide that, oh, this is better for this specific thing that I want to do. I'm going to use this token, you know, and, and not Bitcoin or Bitcoin is better for the stuff I want to do. So I'm going to stick with that. And anyhow, the market is fragmenting in that way. And it's still wide open. There's still apparently a lot of um, ICOs in the pipeline where people can just bring out new cryptocurrencies and release them and get a pretty good reception. So th sure. this has the feel of the late 1990s tech stock bubble um, in the sense that um, a lot of people you've never heard of are bringing out things that you've also never heard of and selling them to an enthusiastic audience. And then after that, they they tend to perform pretty well. They they reach a bigger audience over time and become more and more valuable in the aggregate. Um, and nobody really knows what to make of any of this because we don't know what the regulatory consequences are. We don't know, uh, at least most users of cryptocurrencies have no idea actually how they work, you know? Um, so, which is a lot like tech stocks, right? We didn't understand those technologies, optical networking or whatever. We just knew that it was going to be huge and, you know, and so we'll pay $5 billion for this company. The, the uh, cryptocurrency market is starting to get that kind of a, um, a you know a froth about it yeah it's so a mania the next couple yeah it's, yeah it's yeah a you, mania. I mean, you, you might be able to call it a mania yeah yeah well this thing and, you know there's no disclosure requirements because you're you're giving you're passing out a currency to the uh, public and it just seems to me it's a big subterfuge for taking a company public with no with no registration requirements and there's got to be a law against it john well um you would think that at some point the regulators will start looking at this and trying to set up a coherent framework that uh, that allows them to control some of what goes on in this market. And the question then becomes, does it uh, does it hamstring cryptocurrencies in a way that that makes them a lot less valuable? Or does the structure um, bring in lots of new users because there's a sense that the government is looking out for you and and um, um, stopping people from lying to you, you know, and, and I don't know. We'll see. I, I think the, the concept of cryptocurrencies obviously has a, a great future. The blockchain and, and other related technologies um, will play a big role in the financial world of the future. But we're still at such an early stage. It's really hard to know how it shakes out because, yeah. um, you know, governments made gold illegal for 40 years in the 20th century because they perceived it to be a risk to their ability to manage, which is to say, increase the, the supply of their national currencies. Uh, and if cryptocurrencies are perceived going forward as a risk to national currencies, there's no reason to think why governments don't try to, um, you know, hack the Bitcoin exchanges and, and destroy their credibility that way or or add regulations that make it not worthwhile to use them anymore or just flat out make them illegal. You know, something like that will probably come because governments won't give up their printing presses lightly, you know, and, and Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies really are a, a threat to the ability of governments to use inflation as a public policy tool. And they won't give up that power easily. So we're going to see a lot of fireworks in the cryptocurrency market in the next few years. That's my prediction. You know, besides yeah. the natural dynamism of a new market, we're going to see a lot of regulatory stuff happen. And uh, and that's going to throw um, or, or add a wild card to this process of cryptocurrencies kind of working out their destiny. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, uh, well, for one thing, they're not currencies yet. They are not mediums of exchange. The only one that's arguably possesses some of those aspects of a currency is Bitcoin. But the rest of them, there's no, you can't just go spend it. 
Uh, there's no merchants taking most of them. Uh, so this concept that somehow they are a currency, I think, is a misnomer. I think they're just a security that uh, that may or may not have liquidity behind it, John. You can't just go take the thing and buy some bread at the supermarket and some milk and all that. Nobody takes these things these things. So how can you really call them a currency? I think that's a misnomer. Well, they, they function as currencies within the world of people who have them and accept them. Yeah. And as that expands, you know, there there's some governments that were actually looking at um, naming them as currencies yeah. and, you know, having, having them be, be a parallel currency alongside the yen or whatever. And if that happens, then that expands the market. But right now, you know, Carrie, you and I could I could buy something from you for Bitcoin. You know, I, I could yeah. buy your house if I had enough Bitcoin mm -hmm. and and that would just go into your Bitcoin account. And I think that would be a legal transaction. So it's possible to use it as a currency, as a medium of exchange and as a uh, store of value. If you uh, if you take Bitcoin offline and keep it in your hard drive or, uh, you know, print it out on paper, the code yeah. for it or whatever, it can um, act as gold in a vault or cash under the mattress and and in that way preserve your wealth if it holds its value going forward so it you know it, it functions as money in some ways in a um, you know a limited context and that context is broadening that's what's interesting you know right yeah. now um, the, the cryptocurrency market is a um, hundred and some billion dollars market cap which is a rounding error in the global currency markets mm -hmm. but if it jumps to a trillion dollars then all of a sudden it's it's a real thing and a potential threat and that's when things get really interesting yeah well bitcoin is the only one though the rest of them you cannot use as a medium of exchange there's no no means of exchanging them you have to somehow uh even if there are exchanges for it where you can change uh, Ethereum, Ether units or whatever into dollars or other currencies, you can't buy anything with it. That's my point. Bitcoin but that's, is the only that's changing. one. You know, uh, as, as the number of people change, who yeah. take Bitcoin and uh, other cryptocurrencies expands, then, it, you know, it, it, it becomes more and more of a currency for more and more people. Mm, well, they're not currencies yet is the point. You can't call something a currency that isn't, isn't, you can't, it just doesn't meet the definition, you know, yet. Yeah. It's right. not to say it won't. It's just right now it doesn't. So that's kind of where we're at. And that's why we're in this, um, in this no man's land, this, this limbo, legal limbo, right? I mean, because nobody knows what they are or what you can do with them or what you'll be able to do with them. But my, my money is that the government after today is going to take notice very quickly and take steps to stop it because these things, I mean, it's just like tulip mania, you know, it's really just another form of tulip. In fact, I would like to come up with a tulip Bitcoin, right? That's redeemable in tulips. What do you think of that? <laughs> Tulip bulbs. Do you think that would go? Uh, at, you know, at this point, almost anything related. <laughs> it's like the old dot coms, you know, and, yeah. and it put a dot com on the name of anything. Right. And it became three times as, as valuable in yeah. 1998. Um, and call something a cryptocurrency now. And you, you've got a lot of people's interest. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, but I, I, I do knowledge. think this is just a 
this is a real technology though. You know, um, the, the blockchain as a means of moving value from one place to another mm -hmm. is better than the current banking system. So it wins eventually some form of it yeah. somehow. And the question is, what form does that take? Will it be totally co-opted or will it be, uh, you know, competitive currencies out there forever or, mm -hmm. or something in between? Good question. Well, hey, uh, you know, that's the innovativeness of man. Uh, when faced with uh, a whole bunch of unpleasant choices, decisions, uh, comes up and creates something totally new out of nothing, right? Oh, yeah. Capitalist um, creative destruction is one of the most fun things to watch that, that have ever existed, as long as you can watch from a fairly safe distance. You know, you don't want to be the thing being destroyed <laughs> by, by creative <laughs> destruction. But uh, the, the, the process of um, new organisms arising in the ecosystem and displacing the old, less efficient ones is, you know, it's right out of nature, obviously. So, you know, capitalism in that sense is very consistent with the uh, the natural world. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a blast to watch from a theoretical standpoint. And cryptocurrencies are, are a perfect example of that. And as is, um, you know, e-commerce destroying the, uh, oh, the bricks yeah. and mortar retailers and, and bookstores. And, you know, it, it's oh. that same process at work now where a better idea comes along and the old entrenched powers try to stop it. But in the end, they have to give up because the idea is just better and more and more people take advantage of it and, and leave the old guys behind. Yeah. That's, that's hey. what's happening in a lot of places. Well, look at the right Amazon Whole Foods uh, merger acquisition. And, you know, you got to wonder, what is Bezos thinking? Does he want everybody eating kale? Is that the game plan here? Well, you know, I'm, I'm doing a blog post right this minute, or I'll, I'll post it pretty soon here, about how this is eerily similar to the AOL Time Warner merger mm -hmm. of 1999. Basically, America Online was the biggest internet company at the time, and its stock price was soaring. You know, sound familiar uh, with, ah. with Amazon? And uh, they, they used some of that high-powered money to buy an old media company, thinking that they would apply all the, you know, the the um, the, the new techniques of online media distribution to the content of AOL Time Warner or of, of Time Warner and create this media powerhouse, and it it bombed. Yeah. Completely, you know, and it, it was one of the signposts of the end of the dot-com bubble. Now Amazon using its high-powered stock to buy out an old line bricks and mortar retailer, thinking that it's going to use all its new techniques of, of e-commerce and, you know, rapid delivery, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. to revolutionize bricks and mortar retailing sounds an awful lot like the, uh, the AOL rationale for buying Time Warner. Doesn't it? Uh, and, and so we'll see, you know, we, we can't know in, until after the fact whether this is the, the bell ringing at the top of the market or not. But boy, the, the similarities are really eerie. And uh, and it really isn't clear how how you revolutionize groceries because it's been tried. I mean, there are there are grocery delivery services out there coming and going all the yeah. time. But it, it turns out it's very hard to make money doing it because um, if you're going to deliver groceries to somebody, you have to pick out the groceries from their grocery list. And somebody has to physically do that. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. there, there's no robot that can get you some nice ripe tomatoes and put them in a bag yet. <laughs> and 
and, and it's not clear that people are willing to let anybody do that anyhow. You know, they, they want to mm-hmm. pick the best melon in the, the thing of melons right there. And they want, uh, you know, the broccoli that looks best to them and everything. Yeah. And they don't trust someone else to do that for them. Correct. Uh, and which is why grocery delivery store services haven't really caught on. Uh, so it's not clear what Amazon does to make Whole Foods suddenly this um, 21st century e-commerce entity. But we'll see. You know, it's an interesting robots. Uh, they're thinking robots and they're thinking, drone delivery, yeah, yeah. drones, and you know, it's uh, forget it. You know. Well, you know, we'll see. Be- Bezos is a uh, you know he he is quite the uh, the risk taker, and mm-hmm. his risks have by and large succeeded so far. So it'll be fun to watch. We don't want to write him off as, uh, you know, the, the Steve Case, the head of AOL of this generation right. until we find out how it turns out. But boy, the, you know, <laughs> there is a lot of similarities there. <laughs> Surely seems to be. But, well, you know, like Amazon didn't make any money for forever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but they had a plan and, and they, they, they wanted market share. Mm-hmm. And they, they accumulated market share and accumulated it until finally uh, they were able to turn a profit. You know, mm-hmm. they, for instance, their um, uh, their prime membership just went up. I noticed mm-hmm. ours did. Yeah. And they've got such a captive audience now because that's such a great product that they can they can move it from ninety nine dollars to one hundred and ten dollars and they won't lose too many subscribers. So that's boom, instant margin right there. And they're able to do that with a lot of things now. They're so big and that size gives them pricing power to an extent. Um, so now their, their stock price is approaching a trillion dollars because of that. People are recognizing the fact that, uh, that they're succeeding. But that's still, you know, I think we might look back on Amazon's and Google's and Facebook's current price and say that it was probably a mistake to pay that much for them. You know, and we yeah. can't know the timing of that realization. But I, I think that is coming somewhere out there in the next few years. Oh, yes. But that doesn't mean those aren't successful companies. They're very good at what they do. You know, maybe they're only really worth half of what they're they're going for now in the market, but that's still a huge amount of money. They're still incredibly successful, well-run companies. So you can't write them off in, in any kind of a new venture like the, uh, the Whole Foods thing. But market history says that uh, there's a pretty good chance that we're going to look back on this as something that maybe shouldn't have been done, or at least not at this price. Yeah, they'll be selling them off probably at some point. I mean, unless he's got some grand strategy here. I guess they do sell a lot of grocery related stuff on Amazon. You know, I bought plastic bags and all sorts of stuff on there that makes no sense, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that they're selling. Well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm really curious about what they try to do with Whole Foods because that's a great store too. Yeah, great brand. I really like to go to Whole Foods whenever we're in a city that's big enough to have one. And, you know, the concept is just 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 really well thought out. You know, it's the place yeah. where you go and, and everything you get will be healthy. They promise. <laughs> yeah, well, You'll pay a little more I for wonder, it. But. I wonder if it's also healthy, but, you know, hey, it's a... It doesn't seem to matter much if it, you but, believe but it's healthy. It was healthy. But if you believe yeah. it's healthy, that's that's the important <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the placebo f- effect is a big part of the uh, the health claims of yeah, the, well, a story like that. You know, maybe you, you feel better because you feel like you should feel better. If it's a good placebo. A good placebo can be as good as the real thing, right? It it can. Yeah, <laughs> so, the so, whole mind body connection at work in a grocery store. Hey, maybe placebo foods would be a great. Uh, 
you know, a great chain to open, right? Oh, we'll God. just tell you yeah. everything is healthy, whether it is or not, and you'll believe it so you'll feel better. Yeah, yeah. You'll and you'll know that you're going to feel better if you believe, so you'll <laughs> want to believe, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, I think we're onto something, John, you know, placebo foods. Gary, there, there's your next project. Yeah. Hey, you know, if it's, as long as it's good placebo, that's, that's the important thing. So <laughs> that's the kind of craziness we're into. We have placebo stocks, placebo uh, currencies, and now I'll just have placebo foods, placebo health foods. There you go. Right. I think, uh, I think that's it. I think, I think we're at the beginning of something here. Mm. It's going to be big. <laughs> but uh, but seriously, uh, you know, the M&A thing, just just to keep Wall Street going, whether they don't care if it makes any sense or not, just as long as they can get money in and get people interested. And that's their thing, right? I mean, nothing else matters. Well, that's yeah, that's capital flow one on one. You know, when money is flowing into something, you get more of whatever it is. And right now, central banks are creating trillions of dollars every year out of thin air mm -hmm. and tossing it into the banking system. So where's it going to go? You know, it's been going into real estate. It's been going into blue chip equities and those things are soaring. And it's been going into with a vengeance, a uh, high end tech. So big tech has more money than it knows what to do with. So it shouldn't be a surprise that human nature being what it is, they're going to start building empires. And, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of those empires are going to be badly thought out because they were based on insane amounts of money coming in. Right. That's so, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's normal. That happens in every cycle. And you, you can't really know until after the fact what the end of the cycle is, you know, whether this is the mm. deal that, that, um, uh, that tells us we're, we're at the end or there's another bigger one out there waiting to happen. And that's going to be the one. So we'll, we'll find out eventually yeah. what's bigger, what. Bigger, but, better deal. Oh, you, you know, maybe Google will buy Facebook or something like that. You know, nothing is impossible when this kind of money is coming in and the egos of the guys receiving the money right. are just, um, you, you know, you, you find out what you are really like when all restrictions are removed from your behavior. <laughs> so, you know, you give corporate CEOs more money than they've ever dreamed of to have to play with. And their their true nature come out comes out in a lot of cases. So, and you see these guys who yeah. have delusions of grandeur. You know, they're going to build this giant empire. Then they're going to run for Congress or president or something like that. And, hey. and they're going to rule the world. And, and, you know, that kind of hubris always blows up in their faces. But while it's going on, it's very intoxicating. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody's a sociopath. When you throw enough money at them and you get rid of enough rules and they can do whatever they want, right? <laughs> Gary, which, which is the libertarian slash sound money um, point of view? You know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So you must limit the amount of power that's out there. You can't give the government a, an unlimited printing press because that's yeah. the kind of power that will corrupt them. You can't allow governments to grow um, and, and take over huge sections of the private sector because that kind of power will corrupt them too, you know, and that's what we've done over the last, uh, oh God, yeah. uh, basically the, the 40 some years since the 1970s, we have given government almost unlimited power and 
Now, you know, government is um, basically formed a partnership with the big corporations, which gave the corporations unlimited power. And that's what we're seeing now. We have an oligarchy ruling the developed world, largely because we abandoned sound money back in 1971. You know, Nixon hadn't made that decision. Governments would have been limited going forward and we wouldn't have the uh, the banking oligopoly and, the, you know, the government partnership with the banking oligopoly that we have now. Yeah, I think you're probably correct there, but this is what we've got. This is what we're stuck with. And uh, it's not a case of uh, that old play in Broadway, like 40 years ago, stop the world. I want to get off. There's no place to go. And we're kind of stuck till this experiment runs its course, right? Yeah. Well, in, you know, in the meantime, the intellectual challenge is how do, how do you protect your finances in this kind of a world? And then how do you profit from it when it blows up? So that's what we got to do, Kerry. We got to yep. have to figure it out and tell people about it. And um, blow up at everybody will. Everybody get rich together. Yeah. yeah. Blow up at will. So check out John's site over at dollarcollapse.com, our site, Financial Survival Network. Email us, kl at kerrylutz.com. That's uh, kl at kerrylutz.com. And any questions, comments, etc. Twitter feeds at Kerry Lutz. Facebook page is Financial Survival Network. And we will catch up with you next Monday, John. Thanks, Kerry. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.